and welcome back to the Hoops Crush Podcast. Today is episode number 10. As always, I'm joined with Eric. Today we'll be talking about our beloved 6 and 16 Portland Trailblazers, getting some other things that are going on in basketball tonight, like Giannis going after the Pacers, all sorts of stuff. So Eric, before we get any further, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself? Are you all done with your Christmas shopping or you still got some left? Uh, no, still got a lot left. So uh, yeah. I'm more of a last second guy. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, I actually got most of it done already. Um, been trying to do it more towards like Black Friday and stuff. So as I got older, you know, get the deals and all that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think yeah, I, so, I, I did a little, few little ahead. things. Yeah. Yeah, good job. I, when, I, when I was your age, I was like <laughs> December 24th going to the store trying to I won't be doing something. that. Christmas Eve, I will not. I'm not that kind of last second guy. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, if anyone's – you're a psycho if you do that. But uh, maybe like, you know, 21st or something like that. We'll maybe play. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, of course, uh, you know, since we last talked, we played two games, the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Clippers. In both games – you know, we're competitive. We keep games close, but we never seem to close them whatsoever. I mean, I guess if there's any moral victories, you can go ahead and say that. I know a certain someone is tired of <laughs> the moral victories. <laughs> uh, you guys probably know what I'm talking about, obviously. But uh, we played the Dallas Mavericks, and of course, um, you know, we're in Portland uh, for this one. And uh, for the most part, I, felt, I felt like at the beginning, uh, the biggest takeaways for me from this game is I thought we did a decent job on Luka Doncic at first. Tamani Kamara was kind of, you know, obviously get him some problems. And then um, we double showed him some doubles. And then, uh, you know, obviously can't keep him down forever. Scores 32 points. And then Kyrie Irving gets hurt in this one. Dwight Powell, friendly fire, actually falls in his leg. It looked absolutely gnarly. Uh, but it doesn't sound like anything too serious. Like it's going to keep him out for the season. Uh, but there was, is- there was some weird. Uh, so the Blazers broadcast, I don't know if you're listening to that one or not. But they actually reported that. Kyrie left the arena on a in a wheelchair or something <laughs> and then came out later that that wasn't true I don't know how they got that information or why they thought or said that um but yeah thankfully for Kyrie he's not uh more seriously hurt it looks like it's just a bone bruise or something yeah I do believe I remember Kevin Collaboral saying that I believe who said he left in a wheelchair yeah. so I do remember that and then I also remember seeing on Twitter someone was like why did the Blazers broadcast say that? Why are they lying or something like that? And mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, obviously we have no idea where they got that from. Um, so who knows? But uh, Dante Exum, which I'll, I'm going to be talking about him a little bit later, just to yeah. throw a little hint, uh, <laughs> tw- tortures us for 23 points. And then if you watched last night, <laughs> man became a legend again in the fourth quarter. Uh, but uh, other than that, obviously Simons and Sharp continue to look great, which is awesome. Uh, and now we're starting to get conversations. It sounds like that. Did we even need a draft scoot? Like, what did, why did we even take scoot? And, uh, you know, it's interesting how the tides had turned or I'm saying it wrong, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, like, yeah. It's, for uh, sure. but what are your, some of your biggest takeaways from this Mavericks game? Uh, just can't get in a hole early. Uh, thought we did a good job of stabilizing it once we were down, but when you get down 15 in the first quarter, I just could never really seem to get back close enough to make it a game. Um, But, yeah, it's uh, good to see Anthony and Sharp continue their hot streaks through both of these games. And, uh, yeah, just need a little bit uh, better defense, I guess, uh, as a whole. And then uh, offensively, 
felt like these last two games we've done okay offensively um, outside of certain stretches. But um, yeah, for the most part, I think they've been they've been playing okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then obviously we played the Clippers the next night, and LA is a place we're known to get blown out at. Um, and unless you have something else to say, I don't know. No, I was just saying like next game. You said next night, but oh yeah, next game. Sorry, not next. Night. No, it's okay. Uh, um, yeah, next game we play the Clippers. We usually go to LA and get absolutely obliterated. But I mean, if you've seen the trend, we keep every game close. It has felt like, and of mm-hmm. course that remains the same here. Uh, with this Clippers game, we played them really close. It ends up being a very high-scoring affair. Sharp and Simons, of course, go off again for 27 and 38 apiece. Scoot Henderson, I thought he was going to get his first 20-point game of the season, but only finishes with 19. Um, and then Still good, though. Yeah, still good, of course. Uh, but obviously, uh, one thing I remember is Simons definitely had a lot of interesting mistakes down the stretch. And then, of course... Uh, the ball goes out of bounds. They review it and uh, they give the Clippers the ball, and that was pretty much all she wrote for us. So, um, but yeah, unfortunately, uh, just another cr- crunch time mistake. It's basically what it's always boiled boiled down to. Yeah, the offense just got too stagnant at the end. Where just went Anthony Simons ISO heavy. I believe we talked about this before Brady, but I just I don't understand at the end of these games how we're not running something or trying to get sharp involved i think we need to find a way to get him a couple of these shots instead of anthony trying to take over the game uh, i mean anthony can score and we've seen him do a great job of that but it just that can't be your only offense and you need to spread it out between both of them because uh sharp has not only been uh you know, scoring the ball, but he's been doing it really efficiently. So you, you need to take advantage of that and try to get him some better looks instead of freezing them out of the offense at the end. Do you think that's just like by design by Chauncey to just have Simon's ISO ball? Or do you think that's like more Simon's making those decisions? I think it's, I don't think they're like, oh, let's, let's keep sharp away from the ball and <laughs> yeah. like not give it to him. I just think they, I mean, it's weird because they said they weren't going to do that this season where, like, one person has the ball and controls the whole game at the end. Uh, That's one of the things they tried to gush about at Media Day about how Dame not being here will free them up to have be less predictable and and they can do all these things and move the ball and all this stuff. So I I don't think it's by design. but it also seems like in those situations, they're calling for ISOs for Anthony or pick and roll with Anthony. So I think they need to realize that they that is too predictable, in my opinion, because Anthony isn't Dame yet. And he just came back from an injury. So you could tell he was getting tired in, at the end of games. Um, and so... He needs to be, you know, back into full game shape before he can handle, like, it, it takes so much energy to, like, create offense, especially in the in the crunch time, uh, like, play after play after play. And that's one of the reasons why our defense suffered uh, in previous years with Dame and stuff is just, like, the amount of effort it takes to, to create a shot against a defense that's gearing up to stop you every single time down the court. Um, I think you need to look at different ways to spread the wealth. And and it's a little bit tougher when, you know, Grant's not there, Brogdon's not there, uh, Aiden's not there. So 
there's not a lot of options, but when you only have two really good options and you're not using one of them for the last few minutes of a game, uh, it just, I don't understand. I think they should maybe, I don't know if it's take turns or whatever, but they, they need to design some action for both of them. And then it also makes it so the defense can't just key on, on Anthony and just leave everyone else. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, cause I could totally be mistaken, but I feel like uh, this game got away from us, like on three straight Moses Brown plays where he just like gets the ball in the paint and then loses it. If I remember correctly. Um, I don't think the game got away at that point, but uh, I mean, he had some, Moses had some good moments in this game, provided some good minutes for a while. Uh, but yeah, in the fourth quarter, uh, we had several possessions that we turned the ball over, wasted either throwing a bad pass to him or, like you said, fumbling the ball. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, to me, I, I, I'm honestly happy with uh, the result. I mean, if we're just going to keep games competitive all season and lose every time, I don't think that's a terrible thing uh, for us, especially since the Warriors are also having their own problems. We could be going <laughs> to the offseason. I know it sucks to be rooting for stuff like this but it's just kind of the reality where we're at i mean we're gonna need the some off seasons to build this thing back up and uh the draft lottery of course is always a great start especially if you can hit on some picks we've hit definitely on shade and sharp which is fantastic tamani kamara obviously we didn't draft him but getting him in that trade has been absolutely amazing jabari's looked had had his moments this year so um i like our young core a lot and there's definitely some things that we're excited about but you know, at the end of the day, you know, obviously we'd love to be a, maybe a playing team and be shocking the world right now, but unfortunately it's just not looking like it's going to be that way. So if we're just going to keep game every game competitive and lose, I, I'm not very mad at it, I guess, if that's what I'm trying to say. Of course, I want to get worse at the deadline because I think it makes sense to, but, um, and maybe that changes things. But right now, obviously we, we're keeping games competitive without Aiden and Grant. So um, I don't know. And then Brogdon's missed some time as well, but. So you think it'll be the same once we get those guys back or what? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, be harder Simons, to lose. <laughs> Simons and Aiden haven't played together, right? Uh, obviously. They since, played the first game, yeah. Yeah, first game of the season. And then when Simons comes back, Aiden randomly is now hurt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's like obviously those three guys in, you know, in theory should help us win some games, but I don't know. It's It just feels like we just keep every game competitive and then just find a way to lose. It's just been a lot of unfortunate moments down the stretch whether it be for refs or bad turnovers or whatever it may be it's just always something goes wrong and it sucks because obviously you want to see our young guys close these games out uh but every time it's been something man so speaking of the warriors pick you just mentioned uh did what you thought what did you think when you saw him uh twirl around and punch Nurkic in the face were you watching the game I live, was or... I was watching the game at first and then I ended up uh turning it off uh yeah. to do something else and then uh I see a clip so of it on about... <laughs> yeah I just heard about it I was like what on earth is he doing and he says yeah. he doesn't in- he didn't intend to but I like a lot of people have asked like what was he intending to do like I don't I know he said that Nurkic grabbed him in the hip or whatever so he was trying to like draw a foul I guess and he uses his arms to do so but it just looks so bizarre and weird that like you do that I and it didn't make any sense to me and obviously if this was just some random guy that did it then that's different but it's Draymond mm-hmm. Green for crying out loud so his reputation is going to you know this is a guy that punched his own teammate. So 
everyone's going to immediately think that this was intentional because the reputation that he has. And now he is, of course, suspended indefinitely. It sounds like it'll be similar to what, you know, John Morant went through where he has to go through steps to get back on the court at first. Obviously, it's been different now since he did it again. Mm -hmm. uh, Jaw situation. But yeah, man, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on it? It's, cr it's so crazy. Yeah, I just don't get what his intentions were if it wasn't to to hit him and you know you maybe are just flailing because he does do that he he flails all the time but like he spins and has like a fist like right to his face like i don't know how you can um i mean the guy just gets set off way too easily and he just he has issues and they need to be corrected and i'd I applaud the NBA. Hopefully it's not one of those things where an indefinite suspension is only like a couple of games because I mean, this guy, I, I gotta be honest. Like, I don't mind like the drama of like fights and, and things like that during a game or like, um, you know, like arguments or, or getting heated. And I, I like the whole drama of that. I like the back and forth. Um, I like, trash talking and and rivalries and and players not liking each other and going at each other on the court uh but what Draymond's been doing I mean he chokes out Rudy Gobert uh for like no reason he didn't even have to choke him out right uh, he's got a history of kicking people in the balls uh he, he just does all kinds of dirty stuff that has it's just like reckless and I don't, so I don't like that part of it. Um, I, I just, I don't understand. I don't think there's any place for those kind of antics in the league. I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna be mad at someone, like turn around and get in his face and fight him square on. Like, don't twirl and punch him like that. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. So, yeah, I think. Uh, well, as from a Blazers point of view, yeah, it's great. Sit him out for. 25 games hopefully their young guys don't step up um and we can improve our positioning for the pick that they owe us um but yeah it's uh it's just crazy man like I, I just i don't understand why people like him just can't seem to hold themselves back from doing stuff like that and uh it's it's become a real problem yeah, definitely. Draymond Green, uh, you know, he has his own podcast and outside of some of his antics, he has a pretty cool personality, but yeah. you know, I almost just I almost like totally forgot he also did the Gobert thing this season. <laughs> like Yeah. It, it's like that's You got suspended five games for that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. So I think obviously this is why the NBA is acting in, in an indefinite tone. Um and I've seen some people talk about him being suspended the rest of the season. I thought that was pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. But... I don't know. That sounds kind of wild to do that. Uh, mm. And definitely, you know, obviously, who knows what that really means. It doesn't give you an exact timetable. Um, I think it's just – I could see it being like five to ten games probably, maybe even less than that. Uh, just, you know, obviously. Uh, the I feel like Draymond is going to do whatever he needs to do to get back on the court. I don't see him, you know, obviously. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. But, yeah, it's it was bizarre. And Draymond, I'm not really sure. And then, obviously, Nurkic gave – a great quote that brother needs help. So. <laughs> um, shout out to Nurk for that. That was funny, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy well, couple of days, man. They're both clutch guys and uh, Nurk's defended Draymond in the past on social media and stuff. So 
it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is. It's weird. I, I, I mean, I know maybe it's just a frustrating season for the Warriors so far, and Draymond just had it. Up. I don't know. I, I don't hey, know. There's your next video idea. Warriors finally move on from Draymond rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I could do that, man. But I don't know. I don't know what they're getting for him, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there was someone, uh, he's, uh, I forget his name, but he posted, uh, you know, a trade that people were freaking out about where Draymond's uh, headed to Dallas. I'm like, bro, I, the Mavericks are not doing that. Yeah. Like lively involved. Like he's been great for them this season. So yeah. Uh, Sam Quinn or something. Yeah. Like Sam Quinn. Um, I, I us- I'm usually not a fan of his proposals that I've seen for the most part, but obviously you know, maybe he'd watch my videos. It probably doesn't, obviously, but maybe he would be a fan of my <laughs> trade. So, like, everyone has their own opinion. But, yeah, I thought that trade was absolutely horrific. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Mavs are doing that. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Lively's been awesome for them. Uh, yeah, I think then, at this point, the Warriors would be lucky to get out of his contract, let alone um, get, yeah, like, actual value for him. Yeah, the Warriors are – they're in an interesting spot because, obviously, um, you know, Clay hasn't been great this season. And I saw this morning – I don't know how true this report was that, uh, or I think it was from Shams actually that said it. So it probably was true that they offered him an extension at the beginning of the season and he declined it or it didn't get accepted or whatever. So now talks. Clay. Are, yeah, Clay. Yeah. Well, apparently he wants a max or a super. I think he's eligible for a super max or something. And um, they're, yeah, obviously they're like, dude, you're <laughs> you're not the player you were. We can't afford to give you a max with the salary cap rules and stuff. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if they finally move on from some of those guys and and go a little younger around Curry because I can't see them ever getting rid of Curry. But uh, Clay and Clay and Draymond, I I don't know I don't know what you do if if you're them if you try to hold on just as long as possible with those guys and reward them for the four championships, or if you like try to give Curry one more legitimate shot to win a ring. Um, because Clay, man, he has not been playing well either. If I'm the Warriors, I try to give Curry another chance, which is, you know, Bob Myers reiterated that, you know, on TV the other day that this is why he left. He didn't want to have to make these decisions because, you know, he has a personal connection with these guys um, and, you know, they won championships together. So do you think that's uh, like kind of a chicken way out or do you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in a way, I can – based off what they did, I can kind of understand why Bob Myers is like, okay, I don't want nothing to do with what's next. I just want mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. I can understand in a way, uh, but, you know, as we know, the NBA is a business, so him stepping down sounds a little kind – I don't want to say weak, but obviously it's, a, you know, like you said, maybe a chicken way out of the situation. Mm-hmm. But, hey, if he didn't want anything to do with trading those guys and didn't want to have to make those decisions, then – I guess I can kind of understand where he's coming from. Well, the new GM, if if like he had orders to trade him, like Draymond and Clay, and the new GM um, didn't do it either. So I I'm assuming he didn't have like specific orders to do it. And in fact, it's maybe the opposite that the ownership maybe wanted to keep that core as long as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I will say it's, it's kind of weak, but, um, I mean, you built it and stuff. You're not gonna, I don't understand why some people think like, oh, my, my legacy will take a, take a hit if I have to, if I have to like suffer or bad for a few years or whatever. Like everyone knows that you can't, 
players don't play forever and you can't win every year but i mean you've got you've got four titles you can't really then be like oh i'm out i can't deal with having to trade them or keep them or whatever yeah definitely i i mean it's it's interesting i'm curious to see what the warriors do i don't really see them getting anything crazy in return for clay or draymond either like um, you know, I feel like it's more likely going to be that those guys are like salary filler rather than the main pieces of the trade because, you know, Clay has been great this season. Draymond, of course, has his problems and he's not the same player he used to be. Um, so I, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Clay could be traded somewhere, but then again, how, how much is Steph going to like that? Uh, it's, I mean, the, we could very well watch the Warriors implode this year. I mean, they're already off to not a great start at ten and thirteen. Um, but I'm, you know, as Blazers fans, we just sit back and enjoy the ride. So not only are yeah. we in disaster, but so are the Warriors, which is good for us because we hold their first round pick this year, other than it being protected, obviously, a little bit. Yeah, and speaking of drama, so tonight Giannis scores sixty four, career high, and then uh, afterwards, I guess he went to get the game ball uh as like a memento from the, his best game and uh apparently the pacers didn't want to give it to him or like one of the assistant coaches took it and ran off with it or something and and then him and halliburton were yelling at each other and uh, i don't know what exactly what happened but uh more drama in the nba <laughs> Yeah, I only saw a couple of clips like right before we started recording because I was just now hearing about it. I was like, damn, Giannis actually dropped 64 tonight. And I saw some people saying that he was doing it in garbage time. Don't know how true that was. So, Oh, so they were, uh, I think they were up 10 with like a, a minute or two left. And uh, out of a timeout, they brought him back in the game. And at one point they were up 19, I think, in the fourth quarter. And he was still out there trying to... Uh, stat pad and hunt points yeah so i'm assuming that's why the pacers take the ball because they felt disrespected maybe and then obviously i all i see is Giannis trying to be held back by his coaches mm. and he just sprints towards the locker room um so not really sure what's going to happen from that situation uh there's probably more clips i need to see before i can fully give my take on it but yeah very interesting and pacers well, and bucks have played each other close so Hey, if we want to get a seven-game series off those teams, I'll, I'll take it. I'm just saying. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be fun. Uh, so, also, it, during that game, um, Giannis, uh, I think it was Neesmith, like, grabbed him and kind of threw him down. Um, kind of a, a bad play, um, dirty play. And, uh, yeah, that almost led to a fight. But... Um, Donis is on the bench, man. He he was like so mad. He was about to like sprint onto the court and and fight someone. And uh, luckily for them, Jay Crowder grabbed him and was like holding him. It, it looked like it took like all of Jay Crowder's strength, and he's hurt right now, so probably not the best idea. But um, but yeah, Donis almost went and came in. And I was thinking the whole time, like, man, that's the only reason, like, why you'd want a guy like that on your team, right? <laughs> like, because like, he needs to go defend Giannis. Like, who cares if he gets suspended, right? Yeah, but, I mean, like, that's his brother, I, so. It looked like he was about to, like, murder someone, so it's probably a good thing. But at the same time, like, if I'm the Bucks, like, I I might just let him go <laughs> on the court and, and defend uh, Giannis's honor there. 
Yeah, he'd probably immediately get ejected, and then maybe a starter gets ejected off the Pacers because he retaliates, and then, yeah. you know, Pacers are down to starter while you're down to reserve, so. Yeah, I, I think, think the game was pretty much out of hand at that yeah, point. Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't get to watch any of it, so. Uh, but um, other than that, uh, I mean, we can move on to something else, or we can t- keep talking about whatever else. If you had anything else in mind, yeah, let's let's go to who's crushing it. All right, let's do it. You can go first. All right, we'll, we'll start with the Blazers. Uh, I mean, there's two guys, of course. Um, Anthony Simons in the three games back, is averaging 32 points per game, uh, 5.3 assists, and is shooting 44. Uh, percent from the three-point line he's also uh, hasn't missed a free throw this year as well knock on wood uh so um you know like you mentioned earlier he he struggled a little bit at the end of the clippers game to um get a basket and turn the ball over a couple times but uh i think overall you're seeing the kind of player that the Blazers front office thought they had in him and thought he could be once uh, Dane was gone. And it was a shame. We talked about this before that he got hurt and missed all those games. But uh, I think you're seeing this, uh, not only him, but this him with Jaden Sharp, how special that backcourt could be. Yeah, I mean, obviously not much is going to change for as far as our love on the Blazers. Uh, Sharp, Simons deserve to be in that conversation. And Thibel continues to be a sniper as well. Uh, so yeah. his his shot is legit, man. You know, obviously there was always questions whether or not it could stay up. And so far, now obviously it's, it's gotten to us. And then I think he works with Phil Beckner, I believe his name is, in the offseason. Um, and he's, his shot looks great. So It's a 44-game sample size now. So. Yeah. Uh, so he's legit. He's a shooter now. So uh, shout <laughs> out to Thibel for becoming that because obviously that was always – Something that kept him off the court, but he's legit now, man. So, uh, shout out to Matisse Thibel. Yeah, and then uh, about Sharp. Uh, so, last five games, 26.2 points, 6.6 rebounds, five assists on 67.9% true shooting percentage. And according to Basketball Reference in a tweet today, for players under the age of 21 only lebron james has gone 25 5 and 5 over a five game stretch with a higher true shooting percentage so you're telling me we have the next lebron then well not quite lebron <laughs> but you know just just below lebron like you know yeah. third best player ever instead of second <laughs> that'd, be, <Just> that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be awesome i mean i'm obviously we're all very happy with the outcome that has been from shade and sharp so mm-hmm. uh but just Thank give him more shots, man. I know. Let's get this man the keys, man. Obviously, Simons, you know, continues to deserve that as well. Uh, but Sharp, he needs it, man. He has proven this man should never go to the bench again. I don't think he will, obviously. Um, but yeah, like Sharp is legit, and I'm. You know, it's almost a blessing we had so many injuries at the beginning because Sharp maybe could be still playing out the bench, and maybe he plays his way out of it. Don't get me wrong; like there's a chance he would have, you know, obviously shot himself into the starting lineup or shot himself yeah. in the starting lineup. But uh, yeah, he's been great, and I'm very happy uh, to have him because he was obviously could he could have been a Raptor right now. We could have traded him for OG, but obviously, Ujiri had other plans. So sorry, Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I think they'd like a do-over on that one. Yeah, uh, Barnes and. Oh, you know, Barnes and Sharp would be pretty legit. Ooh. That'd be pretty nasty, but it's not yeah. going to happen anymore. Yeah, I can't really think of a better young 
guard to put next to Barnes right now. I think those two would feed off each other. Barnes is a good passer, can break down the defense a little bit. Probably uh, once Sharp realizes he could cut off of Barnes dribble drives, uh, get a lot of lob opportunities. So, yeah, they're lost. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so who is your for our first one uh, as far as hoops crushing it? Um, well, I won't steal your thunder because I know you mentioned earlier about to name this person, but yeah. uh, uh, so I'll just go to Luca. Um, we've mentioned before, don't like to put players that you could put every week because, um, like we just list list off the best players in the NBA in this segment, but when they do something special or amazing always got to mention it in my opinion and luca has now eight straight games over 30 plus points and has been crushing it lately yeah and the lakers are said to be one of the teams that you know obviously can shut down guys like luka Doncic or play great defense on them and last night he played great even with them trying to do that stuff so luka Doncic, obviously and piggybacking off the dallas mavericks and there's a funny story uh, that I have about Dante Exum. Obviously, he's been out of the league for years, and then he randomly signs with the Mavericks on a one-year deal. And uh, he's been pretty good for the Mavericks this season, man. He really has been. And uh, Dante Exum is one of the first players I ever got introduced to because when I first started getting into the NBA, I was playing NBA 2K15. That was my first 2K I ever played. Uh, oh, yeah. That legitimately, like, I've, I've, I think I've played like 2K14 at my friend's house or whatever, but owning a 2K, 2K50 was the first one. And for my people that played my career back then, Dante Exum was a huge part of the storyline. For whatever reason, I have no idea why. Uh, but that's why I always have an interesting, like, you know, there's an interesting nugget in my brain about Dante Exum. You know, obviously, he never really turned out into anything good when he first got <laughs> to the league. Uh, but hey, man, he's carved himself a role now in Dallas, it looks like. Uh, scores 23 on us and then last night shot like seven of ten from three or something like that and then scores 17 in the fourth quarter which was absolutely insane and it's funny because i actually had his over on points rebounds and assists and he absolutely crushed the line that it was at unfortunately though in that uh slip uh Jokic gets ejected and then seth curry uh doesn't return so i it didn't matter anyway but yeah Dante Exum, man uh he's been killing it yeah, last three games, including the game in Portland. Uh, he's over 21 points per game, 4.7 assists, or 4.7 rebounds, 5.3 assists, and is shooting 67% from three. Uh, that's a guy who was out of the league for, for a while, and that was because of his uh, poor shooting and lack of a shot. Um, could always get to the rim and you know was quick and physical and had good size for a, a guard but uh if he if he's figured out his shooting much like you just talked about with Thibel, uh man what a it, it seemed like such a like a wasted pickup in the offseason like why are you signing dante exum if you're the mavericks like there's plenty of other vets you can get for the minimum that would come and play there but uh that's one of so far uh, one of the best like vet men signs signings of the offseason. Mavericks love their overseas guys, so when they signed him, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not too surprised by this, and mm -hmm. he's been great, man. Because I was a little like, why? I I didn't think Exum would ever be back in the league, but here he is, man. Here he is. By the way, uh, you you got me thinking about this. I don't remember which 2K it was, like 2K12 or something, maybe. 
but uh one of them i was on the hawks and uh in my player and uh or my career and um freaking elton brand like asked if i wanted to go out to a club or a bar or something and then I, I got drunk and got in trouble or something in the game or like came back hung over the next day. So like it was random like you mentioned Dante X and being a part of that, but I just remember Elton Brand like screwing me over at 2K12 or something like that. Yo, 2K, my career storylines be crazy. I mean, Michael B. Jordan with orange juice one year. Like I haven't played my career in uh, a couple years now, but yeah. yeah, their stories be crazy, man. Yep. But who's your next one? All right. So he didn't really have a good game tonight right before we filmed. But the three games before this, Kayla Martin has been stepping up with Bam out, uh, averaging 19.7 points per game, nine rebounds per game, and four assists over the last three games without Bam. And uh, it's just been playing really nice for the Heat. I think you may have said this guy last week, but he has continued to play great. And uh, it's Kobe White and the Bulls, man. Uh, ever since, you know, Levine has gone down, he has stepped up. And Chicago has been always a place where young guys leave and get better somewhere else. And it just felt like that might happen with Kobe White. Uh, they did extend him, uh, but he never really carved out, you know, anything great. But obviously with Levine going down, there's more opportunity to go around. And uh, last four games 27 33 24 and 19 i mean and then 31 the night that the other night like he's been really good 23 years old this is the kind of thing you'd want to see for chicago and the way they respond is say we want win now players which to me makes no sense that's a report that's coming out anyway and i gotta feel sorry yeah it's gotta be like i don't know what you're doing if you're chicago um like this is, I mean, if Kobe White's going to blossom into this, this is exactly what we want to see. And you should mm-hmm. continue to build off this with uh, maybe giving, uh, you know, obviously some of these other the other young guys more help, or more uh, opportunity, like uh, yeah. Patrick Williams, who obviously you took over Halliburton. So, and things, you know, a lot of teams did. So it's not just, yeah. you know, back on Chicago. But, um, yeah, I mean, Levine should never play a game in Chicago again. I think we talked about this already. But, and then DeRozan should be good as gone as well. Um and they should be doing that as soon as they possibly can, in my opinion. Chicago just hit the reset button, man. I think even Bulls fans want that. So, um, yeah, uh, Kobe White was my next one. I'm trying to think of an example, but if they traded Levine for, like, D'Angelo Russell or something, and they're like, oh, we're really excited about Russell, and <laughs> he, like, takes playing time for Kobe White, that would be so dumb right now, but that's something I could see the Bulls doing. I could see uh, them doing that, too, so... So don't do that. But yeah, it's uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I put down Kobe White and Terry Rozier, both guys that I mentioned last week. And they actually, I think, had better weeks this week. So um, had them last week, but they've been absolutely killing it, uh, both due to injury. Uh, you know, Terry's been stepping up for LaMelo, Kobe for Levine being out, and uh, – yeah, both of those guys just continue to play really well. And uh, I think Rogier, if I'm the Hornets, I'm I'm probably looking to capitalize on his value right now and probably moving him at some point this year. Uh, but they he might be playing so well, they just decide to keep him and don't want to trade him too. My last one is a superstar in the NBA, uh, so it's not like anything crazy, but – 
I will say this team obviously was struggling for a while, and now they're on a five-game winning streak. That is the LA Clippers who just beat us the other night. And Kawhi Leonard, last three games, it's been absolutely incredible. So that's just an easy one, and uh, that was my last one. But, yeah, last three games, uh, 41, 34, and 31. So he's been on a huge tear helping the Clippers turn their season around because they looked really, really bad uh, for a while there, especially after the Harden trade. But they got something clicking now, which is – Good if you're the Clippers because Balmer, even though he doesn't have much hair, probably was pulling his hair out watching this team for a while because I invested in this, and then now yeah. it's looking a little bit better now. Yep. Well, that's another guy who, uh, along with uh, Luca and Dante Exum, that part of their success was against the Blazers this week. So <laughs> hopefully that trend does not continue too much longer because we want to – we want to be talking about players having bad games against the Blazers and not being on the crushing it segment when they play Portland. Uh, my my last guy is uh, is a rookie, Wemby, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, so um, this is before the game tonight, but over the last few games, he's been averaging 16 and 16 with 3.3 blocks. But tonight, uh, they take the Lakers down to the wire. They end up losing. Uh, I can't remember how many in a row that is for them, but it's 18 now without the Pistons. They would have the longest losing streak by far. And Wemby tonight, 30 and 13 with six blocks and three steals, just an absolute monster stat line from him. Yeah. I wasn't aware that the Spurs have lost this much in a row. It's like right along with the, the Pistons, man, both teams are just historically down bad. And I know for a lot of the time it's been the Spurs, uh, you know, doing some experiments with Jeremy So on at point guard, and uh, which has led to some Spurs fans even wanting Greg Popovich fired because he hasn't, <laughs> you know, obviously gone away from it. Um, enough, well, I think it just did. I think, this I think week. they have now, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, before they weren't, um, which I was fine with it because, like, I know their lineup is a little fun with So on at point guard, but it's just not working, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I did not expect it. I, I I think I predicted them to be like last in the West, but I didn't know if I expected them to be this bad. Yeah. They're, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we play, uh, or the Blazers play them twice coming up later in this month, I believe. So, and that'll be uh, a rivalry week, right? Or one of them will be, or is that one of them? Yeah. One of them's our rival for some reason. I think they're trying to start like a Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson rivalry. So we'll see if that ever develops. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, I feel like the Blazers haven't really played many bad teams. I mean, they played Utah a few times and they our, our game uh, tonight is against Utah. Right. And mm-hmm. it's the first time this year that the Blazers are favored in a game. It's not by much, but uh and I think Markinen's going to be back for that game. Yeah, he returned tonight on a minutes limit, I think. So. Yeah, we'll see if he plays on a back-to-back. But uh, Utah's coming in on the second night of a doubleheader or a, a back-to-back. And uh, so that should be a game that the Blazers um, can win. Uh, hopefully Aiden plays. He's questionable still. Jeremy's still going to be out. Um, still hasn't cleared concussion protocol. Um but yeah, the Blazers, if they want to start turning the corner at some point, uh, I think games like tomorrow or tonight against Utah, they have to start taking care of. What do we have? A five-game homestand the next five games I'm seeing? So uh, Utah, then we welcome in the Mavericks, the Warriors, Suns, and the Wizards. So 
I see a few winnable games. Uh, I know you and Tori used to do this all the time, and I know Tori <laughs> would say, I could see us winning the next five games or something like that. Yeah. Or whatever you would say. Uh, what do you That's think? trouser crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're 6-16, six so I don't think we should or have to or will win any games. So, yeah, I'll just – I'll say we go like two and three or something just uh, – <laughs> Over the next five, I don't know. Hopefully, we can beat the Jazz tomorrow. Hopefully, yeah. anyway. And then the Wizards, I think, is a team. Oh, yeah, Wizards. Okay. And then you just got... Warriors All right, well, who else is... Draymond, maybe. Uh, so... Yeah. And then the Mavericks, that's going to be tough, as always. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Suns, we probably don't beat the Suns, I imagine, with their so, big yeah, three back. It's two and two, dep- with pending on the Warriors game. If we play like we did last time, feel like we could get them at home. But uh, yeah, so two and three or three and two probably. We haven't played in or no we or no I was in preseason. I was gonna say we haven't played in Phoenix this year, right? Or maybe we did. No, we did. Oh, okay. We we did, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know why I didn't remember that. But uh, yeah, I would say. I mean, I think we could win at least three. Optimistically speaking, uh, Jazz and then Warriors and Wizards be my prediction. I mean, I feel like we well, took the, played the Warriors good that we could maybe do it again, especially if no Draymond, if Draymond's not playing, which I don't think he would be. Honestly, though, the Blazers have played well enough to win a lot of games. Yeah, they shouldn't. Exactly. I don't think they've played necessarily like a six and sixteen team. They just have had trouble finishing games and have way too long stretches without baskets and things like that. Uh, their defense seems to fall apart at times as well. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like they're close to maybe figuring it out and they start to get some guys healthy and and maybe you can go on a little run towards 500 or something. But um, I don't know if they're ever going to be healthy because like, it seems like there's a lot of injury-prone players or players that are always kind of having something. Um so yeah, who knows? And then, like we mentioned earlier in the show, who knows what the team looks like in a couple months when we're past the trade deadline, too. Is there anything else you wanted to get to before we move on to your prospect watch? Is there anything else? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much covering it all. Yeah, pretty much. Not a lot. I mean, obviously, only two games, and then talked a little about a little bit about the drama going on. Um, but, uh, obviously when we get closer, like to the deadline, those episodes will be a little bit more fun too. We can talk about a lot of teams, but, uh, we got a lot more games coming up this month yeah, too. So, <laughs> like uh, pretty so- much every, every other day or some, some cases every day. All right, Eric, who should we be paying attention to right now in the prospect? All match? right. This week's hoop shot prospect of the week is. Brawny James. Oh man, just returned. Somebody like you've it. heard of him. Yeah, I've heard definitely, of him. I've definitely heard of Brawny James. <laughs> All right, so he's a freshman at USC. Um, earlier this year, he uh, had an an incident where he went into cardiac arrest at the USC facility. Um, they managed to give him uh, care right away and. I mean, he came pretty close to dying, uh, which is just absolutely insane. Um, and many people wondered if he'd ever play again. Uh, so just really, really a good story that he was not only survived it, but um, was able to get back on the basketball court and play this year. Um, I don't know how 
close to a hundred percent or if it'll ever be a hundred percent again, or if that it'll always be a concern. Um, but, uh, yeah, he got to play in his first college game. LeBron was there. Rob Polinka was there too. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, he didn't really play a whole ton. I think he played like 16 minutes, only had four points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals and a block. Um, he looks a little smaller than his listed height. This seems to be a theme with a lot of players right now. I feel like there's some exaggerated heights in this draft class. But the good thing is this year, um, or starting this year, you have to get measured um, either at the Combine or by uh, an NBA-approved uh, method uh, before the draft. So we'll have true measurements on even like the top prospects who usually bow out of that. Um, so a lot of people, his whole career have just thought that he's just LeBron's son and, uh, he only is going to make the NBA because of nepotism and, um, that, uh, he's not that good or whatever, but he's actually become a really good player. And, uh, I think he even without the LeBron uh, being his dad aspect, I think he probably could have made the NBA. I mean, of course it helps him to, to have that. Um, but uh, I think he could be an elite defender in the NBA. Uh, he's got all the tools to do it, except for maybe his height. Um, so, yeah, if, if he's like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, he can pretty much only guard guards. But I think he's quick enough to do it. Um, he's really quick on his feet, um, stays in front of his man. He's one of those guys that's like a pest on defense, gets right up into you, is physical, uh, uses his hands well without fouling, um, and just gets a lot of steals, pokes the ball away. And then off ball, he gets into passing lanes and gets a lot of deflections and things like that. Um, so I And he's like a really smart high IQ player as well. Um, I just, I think he can come into NBA and be a good defender. Um, he doesn't have the size of like, um, for example, like Tamani Kamara on the Blazers comes in and is, is a solid defender right away, but that's more because he's, he's got kind of the physical size and tools to be, be a good defender along with the, the right mindset. Um, so yeah, it might be a little different than that. Um, but I think he can come in and be an effective defender right away on offense. Uh, well, first of all, he's a good, he's a decent rebounder for his size as well. Uh, and he gets the ball and can push and transition a lot. And that's where he thrives on offense uh, in the open floor, fast pace. Uh, he's really quick um, and can get to his spots, uh, is a really good passer on fast breaks as well. Um, but when you get into the half court, he still has to work on it. And, uh, He's, he's not the best ball handler or um, he doesn't have a lot of shot creation in the half court. Uh, so that is definitely something he'll need to work on uh, with his speed and stuff. He should be able to maybe develop that a little bit. Um, but his situation in USC is going to be interesting because um, he's playing with someone we've talked about before, Isaiah Collier, who's also going to be a top pick in this draft. And then they also have Boogie Ellis, who's uh, kind of a, uh, 
shoot a lot <laughs> type guard uh, who uh, monopolizes a lot of shots. Um, but so he's basically got to hit open threes. He's going to get a lot of catch and shoot threes um, on that team. And that's one thing I think scouts are really going to be watching for to see if he can develop that three point shot to a to a situation where you can't leave him open. And if he does do that, um, I think his half court offense will improve a lot. And um, I think defensively, it will always be his biggest strength. Um, but if he can just make his offense good enough to um, not be a liability on that end either, I think uh, I think he can definitely be a a solid rotation player in the NBA. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of an interesting prospect considering he might get drafted much higher than he is simply because teams might be trying to lure LeBron uh, with him uh, to play with the sun. I was about to ask, cause I don't, he's not, he's not like a projected lottery pick right now. Is he? Or is No. He? Uh, well, that's, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I don't see a single mock draft. I mean, it's kind of hard because a lot of, people were waiting to see if he actually played again uh, before putting him on there. But yeah, I think most people consider him uh, like a borderline first round pick, but uh, I mean, let's say you're a team like the Warriors or something. Uh, They don't have their picks. So that's a bad example. I'm trying to think of a team. Let me just look up real quick. uh, A good example. Um, Let's say, um, well, like New York's lost it, uh, hasn't been playing great lately. Might, I think they're in the eight seed or seven seed and might be playing in the play in. Like, like, would you take him at, if you don't make the playoffs at like the end of the lottery, uh, and then try to get LeBron to come to New York with? I'm like, uh, that might be an interesting story. Like Miami, I could see doing that. He can go back to Miami um, if they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think it's going to kind of depend on what teams are there. But uh, I could definitely see a team taking him much higher than he should go um, simply because of that. This is going to be the most craziest, like, recruiting <laughs> a method that we've ever seen if you yeah. know, LeBron's obviously – um, cause I've also heard him like kind of step back on that approach saying like, right. how it's not fair to his son that, you know, mm-hmm. to set those expectations on him right away. So if he still do, still does believe in, you know, I want to play with Bronny and uh, no matter what, and that is set in stone and that's exactly what's going to happen. Then if you're a team and like you said, like, I think you were talking about the Knicks, right? Um, if, or are we talking about the Nets? I don't, you said, well, the Knicks, I think, I don't know if the Nets have, Oh, oh yeah, the Nets don't even – Nets probably so It's the Rockets pick, yeah. So, yeah, if you're a team like – I don't know, any team that falls out, like it doesn't even have to be anybody great. Like if you're a team that, you know, is in a lottery or maybe you have a 16, 17 pick and he's still on the board and you believe, you know, drafting Bronny James gets you LeBron, um, I don't know. I feel like it kind of depends on what kind of team you are. I think you got to do it. Like if that's, if it gets you LeBron and you're guaranteed to get him, and all you got to do is take his son in the draft. Why not? <laughs> I think I'd do it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, obviously ag- again, it's going to depend on the team situation. I don't think you should be like Utah taking Bronny James and thinking LeBron 
should come to your team. And I guess LeBron could help you do something, but, um, you know, like any, Cleveland, if they're in the lottery for whatever reason, even though I don't even know if they, they probably don't even have their own pick either. So like, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know if I definitely think I would, depending on where my team was at at the time. Yeah. And the other thing is too, uh, with what happened, there is a chance maybe he doesn't come out for the draft this year. Um, so maybe he's ends up being in, in the 2025 draft instead. Um, definitely a possibility. And LeBron's playing so well, you'd think he still has a few more years left in him. So it doesn't necessarily have to be next season that LeBron plays with him. But I do think that at some point before LeBron hangs him up, he'd love to play at least one season with his with his son. Even though LeBron teased the idea of retiring last offseason after they got swept, which, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that was a ploy to take the pressure or take the attention away from them getting swept by Denver. But uh, maybe he was serious about retiring. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, if the Lakers, for whatever reason, won a championship this year, I think, you know, that'd be a great, <laughs> great way for him to go ahead and sign off and, you know, never or just retire at that point. But obviously he's still playing at a very high level. <laughs> Um, and he's still having fun doing it. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, Bronny James. Um, as far as him on Portland, I I don't know about that. But uh, you know, I've obviously seen people you know throw out the jersey swaps of LeBron and Bronny and Portland <laughs> yeah. jerseys. But uh, I don't think that's what we should be doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe if we we do have a second round pick this year, not our own, but uh, different teams. Uh, yeah. Second round, yeah, might yeah. as well take a flyer, right? Yeah, yeah, LeBron, <laughs> maybe LeBron come, here. Come to Portland, and uh, you know, we'll maybe make something special happen here. So, yeah, you know, Le LeBron, you've won, you've won two championships, and you know, stacked situations come prove that you can do it. That's <laughs> like forty years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so unfair, but like those are the kind of expectations you get, though. Yeah, wherever he goes, that'd be funny. Uh, yeah. But I think I think that's it, unless you have anything else you wanted to say. Yeah. Appreciate right. everyone for watching. Uh, go check out all of Crushable's rebuilds on his channel. And, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for always uh, supporting us for those that do. And if you don't mind, uh, leave a like and uh, also subscribe to this channel. And, uh, you know, we, we get – a decent amount of comments, but you know, like, want to see more people comment, talk to us, uh, let us know how you're feeling about some of the topics we talk about, um, and, and all that down below. So, say hi or say what's up and um, give us your opinions down in the comments. Absolutely. So, I think that's going to do it for this episode, wrapping up episode number 10. Thank you guys for watching. As always, peace out, go Blazers.